0: Shaking, a world that is troubled, people don't know what's gonna happen. We don't even know what's gonna happen. But there's a place we can live where we can lean and we can rest on him. That's why we're here this morning. He gives us peace, perfect peace in a in a time of trouble. And I welcome you all this morning. We're gonna just turn directly to the word. Thank you for the music and the songs, the singing. In the atmosphere, we need the atmosphere. And let's turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, and we'll also turn to Hebrews chapter 12. I want to go in the vein of um, where I took a couple of services a few weeks back, and we, we spoke on God's anointed kingdom on earth now, but I'm going to take it on a more personal level today. So let's just read from Hebrews chapter 9. We'll start the reading in verse 16. Before we read, we're going to have a word of prayer. How many this morning would say, Lord, pass by because I need you? Amen. Amen. Let's let's invite them in. And you know how you can invite them in as you can welcome him uh, like you have in prayer and in singing, but when you agree with the word, when you open your heart. Amen. How many will just do that? Open your heart to Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're about to read Your Word this morning. Lord, we're human beings. We're vessels. We're in the flesh. We're in our spirit. Lord, we're in a world where there's many things that would try to take us and drag us. But Lord, we're asking this morning, Lord, if there's anything we said or did or didn't live, Lord, we know that not one of us could live the way we would need to live, but, Lord, we're asking, forgive us. If there's something, look through the blood this morning. Father, we'd ask, O oh Lord, also that you would just clear back any fog or any unbelief. Lord, may we now just begin to enter into this service. May as we begin to read the words, Lord, that you would open yourself to us. Lord, I desire to get myself out of the way. Not that Brother Ed's voice would be heard, but that your voice would be heard. Lord, I couldn't help anyone, but you can help anyone. Father, would you come? And Lord, we're needing your anointing. Lord, not just the speaker, but the hearer. Father, we're asking now as we read from your word, bless it, prepare us. We commit ourselves to you, and we ask now these blessings in Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 9, we're going to start reading in verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it has no strength at all while the testator lives. So while Jesus was on earth, there was a portion that was allotted to him. But when he died and resurrected and ascended on high and sent the Spirit back, it was to continue the works of Christ on earth. That's what the Holy Ghost was sent for. Whereupon neither the First Testament was dedicated without blood. Now, Paul is now taking the types of the Old Testament, and the Old Testament was the shadow of good things to come. So he says this in verse 19, for when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats and with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. Now I want you just to think about this for a moment. The word that we believe, the Bible we believe is anointed. It's the word of God. The message we believe has been anointed, sent from the throne of God. But we need to be anointed. The book has been sprinkled, but we need to be sprinkled. We need to be engaged. So he sprinkled both the book and the people. Speaking of a coming together. And he would say in verse 20, saying, "'This is the blood of the testament "'which God hath enjoined unto you. "'Moreover, he sprinkled the blood, "'with blood both the tabernacle "'and the vessels of the ministry, "'and almost all things are by the law "'purged with blood, "'and without the shedding of blood "'there is no remission.'" He goes on to say, "'It was therefore necessary,' "...that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these." So Paul is leading all of this up where he comes to verse 24. And I want you to think, we know these types. We know that, that there was a tabernacle. There was all of that. But it was only a representation of something greater. And if it's just a story, if it's just a fable, and there's not a reality, then what have we got? So Paul would say, now, for Christ is not entered into holy places made with hands, which was the tabernacle in the old, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. God bless His Word, you may have your seats. I'm going to invite you to also go a couple chapters over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to pick this up from verse 22. And I'm not going to read all of this. I've read it a few times, and I think you know it, but I want to read just these three verses because I'm asking the question, what have we come to? Brother Branham went on, I, I don't know which tape, I was listening to a number of tapes this last week, but I'm walking and, and he, he went somewhere and, and uh, I think it was the message, the supernatural, and it was in 1956, but he was talking about how he'd gone overseas and, and I think Billy Graham had gone before him and there's been other evangelists that gone before him. And they were criticized. They said Billy Graham. They said he got a perm in his hair, and he dressed like he was going to be a showman or something. And and he, and Brother Graham said, "I respect Billy Graham. He's got a message of repentance." And 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 he would say all of that. And he says, "Oh my, what are they going to say about me when I come?" And the man who had invited him to the meetings, and he, he went to the meetings. And I may not get the story just right, but he came to the meetings. And then he came to the meetings, and and somebody that was there and says, "Oh." we got another American evangelist coming. And then the, the, man, the man said, well, who is it? He said, it's Brother Branham. It's Brother Branham? He says, my mother that was sick and paralyzed in a wheelchair, he came, and by the, the word he spoke, she is walking today. Amen. So I'd, I'd like to say it this way. This is not just words and doctrine. This is reality and truth. And we are not just living off of what happened there, we are still walking in it. Yeah. I believe we, we can create that atmosphere and that culture and I think we need to bring that where all things are possible. Yeah. Amen. You need to help me this morning. There's, there's, this is amen or clap or raise your hands or stand up or, or do something. It's going to help me this morning and it'll help all of us. And you know what? Our little movement, God is pleased with. All right, so verse 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. No matter how you feel this morning, no matter what you look and what you see, no matter if you feel like you slept too long or you feel like you're out of sync or whatever it is, I'm going to just say right now, whether you feel it or not, there are angels gathered around. Whether you know it or not, there are demon spirits that are trying to take down the kingdom of God. But I'll say there's a spirit of God that wants us to prosper and wants us to abound and wants us to fulfill his word. What are we come unto? Not just a church or a building, but we've come into heavenly places. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. There's aspects of this I won't get to today, but, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So... Um, I want to speak this morning, and then I'm going to... I, I'm really in, in the thought of anointing and, and that there are realms of anointing or degrees of anointing or levels of anointing. But I want to speak on living within the realm of our anointing. Because whenever... And I, I want you to take this, that when God sends something to the earth... And, and he does it, he has an end goal in mind. When God sends his presence and, his, and, and you sense his presence and it comes over you, it, it's not, it, it, it may, it, you may even feel good in your flesh, in the atmosphere as the Holy Spirit is moving. And, and it may even feel good in your spirit realm and you'll feel that peace and you'll do all of that. And that's wonderful. But that is not the final destination of the Holy Spirit. It's come to quicken the Word to our soul and to bring us to the place we need. I'm going to need just maybe a little bit more this morning. <coughs> I'm still working with a the, with the, with the little bit. I don't want to start with the candy again today, but I, I just want to be able to speak freely this morning. So it's a, it has an end goal in mind. So, God when he sends an anointing it's to quicken something that's already there. And and I'll just go back to Genesis one. When when God looked down on the earth and it was without form and dark and void and there was and there was and and, and, and it didn't look like anything, there was actually seeds that were there. And those seeds were were designed to bring forth, but it took some kind of an energy. It took some kind of a quickening. It took some kind of a quickening power. And that was when God said, let there be light. And the light struck that seed, and that seed brought forth. So the same thing today, we can have the seed of God within us, we can say we're predestinated, but if we don't have a supernatural energy or light that strikes us, it'll lay dormant. How many want to be active in the kingdom of God? I, I don't want to be, listen, the devil is active, I think we ought to be active. God didn't just save us and say, I'll see you in the rapture. No, he saved us, and then he would, he would make statements, and he'd say, now, go to the woman at the well, he'd say, uh, or to the woman that was caught, go and sin no more. Yeah. In other words, you've got to do something. Yeah. And he would speak to us and say, lay in the presence of the Son. Why? You've got to do something. Something's got to bring forth. Yeah. You can't just sit there and say, oh, well, it'll all happen. Uh, you know, I don't know how it'll happen. He'll push me through. That isn't that the true believer. A true believer lays himself before God. I'm here. I'm available. I'm ready to do whatever you want. Okay, let, let me pick this up from a message. Brother Branham would speak on the great warrior David. God bless you. Nice to see some different faces that are here today. We want to welcome everyone and those that are not listening in. God bless you all. He would speak in the message, Great Warrior David, and I'm going to just read a little portion of this, but he says, David was called by election. He was elected, he was called, he was anointed, and he was placed. Elected by God, called from sheep herding to be the king. Anointed and positionally placed. Now he says, all of you that are Christians here, you're not a Christian by your own desire. You're a Christian by God's desire. No man can come to God except God calls him first. And he would say, God, you were elected by God before the foundation of the world to be a Christian. And he would said, the first thing, you were elected, you were called. Now, I, I need to qualify this and, and just, because sometimes we can say, well, I'm in the process, I've been elected, I'm called. But the Bible also says, many are called, but few are chosen. So, there, there has to be of necessity what the will of God is. Somewhere you're going to have to enjoin yourself to that will, cooperate with God, move with God. We're free moral agents, just the same as Abraham was. You can go the hard way or you can go the easy way. Yeah. Listen, I, 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 one of the saddest things is, is Brother Branham's brother, which is Howard Br- Branham. And Brother Branham would say he was called to be a minister. And he said, but his friends and his associates kept him back. And he was at his deathbed, and, and, and he was speaking this over with Brother Branham. And Brother Branham says, oh, I'm sure he'll understand in the by and by. But he never reached his potential. He never reached what God had for him. Now you can be predestined, you can be elected, but I'll say there's an aspect of your election that is also free moral agency. You can choose how close you walk with God. You can choose how close you live with Him. You can choose to be in service for Him. That's the rewards. The reward isn't because I'm elected and I made it through the gates and I just crawled in. No, the reward can be what you did on here on earth for him. When you realized he called you. When he realized he's called you from a life of sin. That's the rewards. So he says David was was elected called. And, And so when God elected you, he called you. You heeded the call. Now listen to how he puts this. He poured the anointing oil on you, which is the Holy Ghost. He says you can take the cruise of oil in the Old Testament... The cruise of oil represented the Holy Ghost. And he says, when that was, when he poured the oil on David, a whole hornful of it, not sparingly, but the way God pours the Holy Ghost on a man, he baptizes him in it, anointing him with the Spirit. Notice, he right then, when the anointing struck him, he was positionally placed as king. Now that anointing wasn't there so David could just become a good musician. That anointing, Even though he was a good musician. That anointing wasn't on David so he could become a mighty warrior. Even though he was a mighty warrior. But the anointing was on him that he might be the king of Israel. Not a king like Saul who was the people's choice. But he would actually fulfill and begin to set up the shadow for Jesus Christ the son of David who would be the king to all of Israel. So David, in his life, was going to be a type of Christ. So, And David would yield himself to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, David has always been, you read the Psalms, you read, read his life and the events and the way he did things. You know, there was something about David that we all ought to identify with. Because D- David, he, he, he was a man after God's own heart. You know, D- David wasn't without fault. He was, without, he was with fault. But one thing about David is he repented. He, he gave himself. When he did wrong, he knew how to repent. And I'll say this. Humility goes a long ways. You, you look at one of the most wicked kings on the earth was Ahab. And Ahab, when he was told by Elijah what he would do, he went softly, he fasted, he went into sackcloth, and then, and then they came back and said the judgment won't come on you in your time but it will be in the days following you. Because God loves humility. Okay, I've, I've got to stay, stay with my thought. Now he says when the anointing struck him he was positionally placed as king. You are placed positionally in Jesus Christ as kings and priests. Is that right? The moment you receive the Holy, the Holy Spirit God places you in the kingdom. Now Let me I'm gonna read a little bit more here. He would say, Any man or woman that's a Christian knows there's something that's been on you all your life. When you were a child, there was something longing you couldn't explain. You longed to serve God. Something beat out your heart. That was God's election. David, before anything ever happened, before the anointing ever was on him, he knew God was with him. He killed a bear, he killed a lion. He knew that was more than an ordinary man. He knew God was with him. I, I, I need to make this real because I, I just need to say we are living in a time you cannot afford to not be anointed. You can't go through and serve God in a robotic form. You can't just serve Him intellectually in a dry way, but you need to walk with Him. You're going to need to know where you stand with Him. You're going to need to be close to Him. I, if I, I am nothing without Him. If I can't walk with Him, what good is it? I'll tell you what, we, we need to be in that kind of a channel. That's not just the preacher. That's every one of us. Now, let's just let's just, just look at this a little bit. <coughs> David knew he was anointed. He knew he were, where he was at positionally. Brother Branham would say this in a message, Hear Ye Him, 1956. This is in June 1956. I want to bring a couple of these dates in for a reason. He would say, God is just about ready to do something. God never does anything without making first, without first, he makes things ready. He sets the scene for his drama. I believe that God is setting the scene of the greatest drama that has ever struck the earth. I don't know, you know, we can hear these things, but when we can catch the reality... Friends, this isn't just another church move. This isn't another cycle. There is no more cycles after this. This is the end of the Gentile days. If I can be as bold, and I'm I'm not prophetic when I'm saying this, but there are people right now that have already sealed their eternal destination. There are people... (laughs) that by the path they're going, there will be no more redemption. And, and that's sad to say. But he says, he's pulling his little flock together, showing the gospel in every sign and wonder. He would also go on to say, I believe, this is in Desperation, 1963, we are on the verge of one of the mightiest things that has ever struck the earth since the days of the Lord Jesus. Now, it will be so humble. See, what God calls mighty, sorry, what man calls mighty, God calls abomination. What man calls foolish, God calls mighty. Now you watch it. It'll be humble. It'll be so humble that you'll miss it if you do not have the token there to examine it. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm using this because it was in 1956, and I need you to think about this not just as historical events, but I need you to think about this in terms of what God was desiring to do in this last generation. Okay, so it was in, you know, Brother Manum would start out in, in 1946, uh, you know, he would, go out with a, he would go out with a visitation of an angel, for 48 of, and he, and he would go out with the signs, and he would go out with all of this, and, and he would go out with all of these things, and it was a great attraction. It was a healing campaign. It went out this way, and it, it, it went from a first pull to a second pull, and, and God was about to take this to another level, but at the same time, there was mercy, let me, let me just say it, for the nation. There was mercy for the church world. And there was mercy for America as a nation. So it was an open door yet. And and God sent this healing revival back and forth across the land to draw in those that were meant for this last day. But it came down to 1956 where Brother Branham, by his obedience to the Holy Spirit, came off the field. And and he came off the field and he said, I believe this is America's last call. So now it was a call to a nation. So it, it was a great big wide field still, or a great big wide ocean, or whatever you want to call it. But it was narrowing. And it would narrow down to the church world. And it's narrowing down to a bride. So, so there are levels of anointing that were going out. So Under that anointing, it didn't just fall on Brother Branham. But it fell on Billy Graham. It fell on other evangelists. Because it was an anointing and it spread out, it was God beginning to draw the net in. Now the heart of all of this was Brother Branham and he sees a vision at that time. And the vision is the tent vision. And he comes back and he he begins to explain a little bit but he comes off the field in 1956, and he begins to preach the message. The first message he preached was, why are people so tossed about? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring this, to tie this in, God's anointed kingdom on earth. Because in Hebrews, it would actually tell us, it says, we have a kingdom that we have received that cannot be shaken. And I would like to say, things are going to happen that are going to shake the world. And they're going to shake the faith of some people. And I say, we need to be settled knowing whom we have believed. We need to be settled in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits. We won't be able to try and figure everything out and know how it's going to unfold. Listen, this next week, there's going to be an election in the United States and And you know, you don't know what's going to happen. I, I read where Walmart was pulling all their I didn't even know Walmart sells guns and equipment, but I guess in the states they do. They're pulling it all off this, off the shelves because they're saying we're in a volatile situation. There are militia that are getting ready right now, depending which way the election could go it was It was funny because there was a uh, a, a quote that I probably got from three or four sources. But it was so pertinent to, to what Brother Branham was speaking. Let, let, me, let me read it to you. From the message, Door Inside the Door. And he's, he's praying in 1960, just as they're coming to an election. God, we would pray now for this great nation of ours that's in the time of the changing of presidents. It might seem like a light thing. But God, it might change the destination of this nation. O Lord, Thou who would choose prophets. Now listen to where. And anoint kings. So now, there's an anointing that's coming for the bride. But that anointing spills over into other realms. It spills over into politics. Friends... The the, the the climate change thing, you think for a moment that, that that's just a passing fad. No, it's actually designed. It's an anointing. It's on every kingdom. The, the reaction to COVID, it's on every land. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a dictatorship or a democracy. You know, what direction you lead, it's, it's the same everywhere. It's invisible and everybody's affected. <coughs> There's an anointing. And we need to be careful on which side of the anointing we fall on. So he would say, This, O oh Lord, you who would choose prophets and anoint kings, we pray that your Holy Spirit will anoint the right man for us in this hour. Grant it, Lord. There are great rallies going on in both parties. Father, we realize you're not interested in parties, political parties. It's a man that you can trust. So I pray, Father, that somewhere along that, they'll choose the right man for the hour. Now, we know that America has to change from from speaking like a lamb to a beast. And so there'll come a time where it won't last anymore he would he would conclude and say this we know the hour has come when the wrong man will be chosen too now think about that so we pray father that you'll give us a little more time to bring in the lost now i don't know how much time we have but i pray and we ought to pray father thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God can open doors and close doors. That was the message to, to the, the, the sixth church age. He says, I've set an open door for you. No man can close it. All right, if I, no man can open, what, I have open no, what I've closed. No man can close what I've opened. So, but we know, and, and you know, we pray, if I can say it this way, Brother Branham would speak a message: the seed is not heir with the shuck, and he would talk that when the seed was young, it needed the protection of the shuck. But as it matured, and as it laid in the presence of the sun, and it began to ripen, now Brother Branham would talk about Jesus, and he would talk about him as a type, and he would say, you know, and and Mary, and 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 Mary was a type of Pentecost, and 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 she 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 just had nurtured that but he would say in this end time he says as the shuck pulls away he says the wheat comes into its fullness. Now there's gonna come a time and I, 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 I'll maybe just go right to it but there's gonna come a time when all the props are gonna be taken away from us. All the props, the political props or let me just say it, the economic props. You know I, 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 I'm submitting my ties, and I, I can get a deduction. That may be taken away from us. Uh, the, the, the freedom to gather, that may be taken away from us. The, 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 the rules that are passed, that may be taken away from us. But God knows that when that's taken away, the life that's in here will be more than enough for that moment. Those who follow, and Brother Adam would take it in 1953, talking about when Russia goes down to get the oil. And he would, he would take a world event, and they'd say, those that follow the pillar of fire will have a rough time then. But they'll be ready. Oh, yeah. And I'm saying, friends, you need to lay in the presence of the sun. You need to be under this anointing. Yeah. Don't, don't play around. Yeah. Stay under this. You need it. Yeah. I need it. Yeah. Listen to tapes. Be in study. Be in prayer. Walk with God. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll miss it. <coughs> now, so he, he speaks in 1956. So this is going to be America's last year. And he preaches a message. He, he shares a little bit of the vision. But it's, it's something to hear what he preaches because he'll preach why people are so tossed about. And if you listen to the messages that follow. Now, I believe when God sends something... It, it follows through and it's there for a reason. And I think it's worthwhile picking up. So he, Brother Branham would, would go and he would talk. And he would ask this question. Why are people so tossed? Why are they so shaken? Why do they go this way? Why do they go that way? God doesn't want us to be shaken. We're, we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But he asked this question. Some people get the wrong impression of what anointing is. Did you ever think that? Now, he asked two questions. What was the greatest anointing ever to give to anyone, and what did they do when they had that anointing? Good question. What's the greatest anointing ever given to anyone? I, 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 I can answer that. I think there was nobody anointed like Jesus Christ. And what did they do when they had that anointing? The greatest anointing that was ever given to anyone was Jesus Christ. We have the Spirit by measure. He had it without measure. I I need to refer to a couple scriptures in the Bible. I see them already at 10 after 12, so uh, I'm going to keep you an hour later this morning. Is that okay? Thank you. Okay, good. Let's let's just turn if we can. Um, Let's go to the book of John, chapter 1. (coughs) Now, I I, I, I need to really nail this part about anointing. Because there is an anointing that politics is under. There's an anointing that morality is under. There's an anointing that the church world is under. But there's an anointing that the bride is under. And I'll go a step further because I want to take the personal part. There's an anointing that your flesh is under. There's an anointing that your spirit man can be under, and then there's an anointing for your soul. Okay? Now, now we really need to... to I, I want this to be stabilizing. I want this to anchor us so we're not tossed about, so we're not going to and fro. So John chapter 1, as we're talking about Jesus, verse 29, the next day John sees Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world, this is he of whom I said, after me comes a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, wherefore I come baptizing with water. Now, I think this is interesting. John and Jesus actually had relatives you know, Mary, uh, John, it was Elizabeth and Mary, they, they were cousins. But John never knew who Jesus was physically, in his head. But his whole identification was in the spirit realm. And, and God had spoke to John in the spirit. You watch the anointing that rests upon him. That's how you'll know him. So he says, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, wherefore I came baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and I, I love this part, and remaining. Friends, Pentecost, the the Holy Spirit would drop, somebody would have a great revival and shouting in the church, and then it would disappear by Monday or Tuesday or the next, till the next revival. But I'll tell you this, when we're laying in the presence of the Son, this is not for a temporal fix. This is not so you go into a continual cycle of up and down and up and down. This is meant that you may increase and prosper and go into the kingdom with him. That's the anointing that we're under. And he said, and remaining on him the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Now, I want you to look at this for the moment because there's a principle that's really important here. Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father. Once he went from this moment, he went into this wilderness to be tempted and tried. He he was there to fulfil the Father's will. There's a space of Jesus' life we don't know from the age of 12 when he was in the temple to the age of 30 approximately. But I would say that what he stepped into was not done just, oh, I'll just pluck this fruit off the tree and I'll step into it. No, that wasn't it. Everything he was trained. Listen to the message, God trained men. And Brother Branham will make in this statement, God is training a people now. God cannot send a revival until he's got people trained and ready to accept a revival. People that have got a character to know what to do when God gives you something. And he says, people that will go on. He says, it'll look like the whole thing is falling apart, but yet they keep moving on. Why? They are sent and ordained of God. So Jesus came. Now let's, I'm going to just jump back to Matthew chapter 3. This is somewhat of the same account. And I just want to take what Matthew says here in verse 13. And he would go on and say, Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him and said, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. Why? He was stepping into our place. Realistically, he was condescending to our level. He says, for it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So what he was doing there was not for public show. It wasn't for all of that. But he was fulfilling the word. And he suffered him. And Jesus when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting from him, and a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. The principle is this. All God asks for sometimes is obedience. You know, sometimes we, I'll say every one of us, we, I'm including myself, we come to something where we try to overcome and we can't get over it. We, we struggle, we come up to it, it seems like we got it, and then we fall back, and we fall back. And, 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 and I would say that's been the church. Brother Bram said there's something that the church seemingly just couldn't be enlightened with something that they needed, and and it was behind those seals. And behind those seals was the very thing that we needed. Not that we needed another Calvary, another Jesus, but we needed our eyes to be opened to the fullness of the work and that we were a part of him way back there. And that changes the way we approach the devil, the way we approach our lives. We don't have to live defeated, but we can live in a realm where we can know in whom we have believed. The seals aren't just an intellectual thing. No, it's an opening up of what God did for you, and it changes you. (coughs) Let's take this same portion and I'm, gonna, I'm just taking, going to Luke chapter 4 for a moment. But it's now after the baptism. Luke chapter 4. I'm just going to read verse 1 if you don't mind. Brother Dan. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led of the, by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now that's where the temptations came and he went. But remember... He fulfilled the Word, and the Spirit always comes to the Word. So whatever you feel like, I can't come, but I'll just say this. Give yourself, yield yourself, and I'll just say, just obey the Word. Trust in Him, and watch what happens. Oh, brother, I don't know what will happen if the Holy Ghost... How do you know? I'll just tell you what, if you've ever tasted... It it goes beyond what your mind thought. It goes beyond what others told you because it's a unique experience with you and God and no one else has anything to do with it. And by that, you are sealed to your eternal destination. Now, let's just drop down to verse 16. Now, remember, Brother Branham said, Who who had the greatest anointing ever? Jesus Christ. And what did he do with the anointing? Did he clown around for the devil? No. He used the word. He he in every case he had one objective that is to obey the will of God for his earthly life. Verse 16, he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So He must have been doing this for a long time because that was his custom. In Nazareth, he went to the synagogue. And he says, and he stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Stop mid-verse and he closed the book and he sat down and he gave, gave it again to the minister and sat down and everybody's looking. Now, this is what Brother Branham refers to, the greatest anointing that was on a person and this is what he did. Wow. Wow. He, uh, you mean he didn't cast out a million devils from somebody? He did that later. But this was the anointing. Listen to what Brother Ram says. He entered into, this is in why people are so tossed about. He picked up the scroll. The Spirit of God is upon me. He's anointed me. Now we think if such an anointing was on him, and it would have been prophesied 800 years before he would come, the type of anointing, the full blessing, that we, and he says, if that was on us, we would run all over the building. We would scream and holler. But the Bible said he laid down the scroll and he sat down and precious words proceeded from his mouth. What did he say? Everybody's eyes fastened to him and he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And he said, is this not Joseph's son? Now that was the supreme anointing. Listen to how Brother Bram says it. The anointing is not emotions. He says the anointing is supreme power in control. Wow! How are you ever going to be given supreme power if you can't even handle your temper? If you can't even handle your reaction to somebody at work, how are you ever going to be given that? If you fly off the handle, or if you go looking and you're, you're engaged in all kinds of things, how are you ever going to be given that? Yeah. Friends, when we're here to lay in the presence of the sun, you're under an anointing. There's a very definite change. And, and you watch it, and Brother Branham would talk about it, the four anointings that were there. There was the ox anointing that went forward, sorry, the, the lion anointing, and then the ox anointing, and then the man anointing. And the man anointing, which started in Luther's day, went through Wesley, and went for a good portion of Brother Branham's ministry. But then, in the middle of that, not in the middle, I'd say, in the latter end of that, under the third pole, there was a change. And it was a different anointing. It wasn't fighting. You know, it would be like somebody going swimming and thrashing in the water. I can do it. I can stay afloat. Versus somebody who's learned to glide and allow his body and to give his life to something. Now, I, 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 I'm trying to... Are, are you with me this morning? This, this isn't maybe the evangelistic. This isn't the, the, the run and shout. But this is... Let, it, let us be stabilized. You know, and. And I think it's in, uh, God revealed his word. Brother Adam would say, let it stabilize your actions. Let it, let it. Uh, uh, you know what? I, I I watch people, you know, and it was early in, in, in April, and I was at the office. I was the only one at the office, and one of the other guys at the office, and he came over to my office, and he goes, man, like, where is this going to end up, and what's going to happen, and? I mean, this guy was all worried, and for good reason. And I'm trying to, without witnessing and testifying, I'm saying, well, you know, I, I, I could have said God's got it all in control, but that's actually where I was living, and I wasn't fearful the same way. And, and, and I would say, friends, we need to know where we're walking. We need to know where we're standing, and, and, and that doesn't just happen by, by just, you know, something coming on you. But actually, it's within you. I'm, I'm really moving at this slowly. I, I apologize, but I, I'm just trying to get this to a point. <coughs> Thank you, Brother Glenn. How, how, many, how many are listening? Amen. Amen. You know, listen, there's, a, there's an outside part of you, because it's 1220, and if you eat at 12, you're hungry already. Ignore that. Okay? There's another part of you that, that maybe says, I, I, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just not here. But there's a soul inside. And, and that's where the anointing has to get to. Okay? Brother Bannon would also say now, he, he, he would say, I wish I had the vocabulary to explain this just now. Oh, he's talking about the anointing as it comes on him. Every person in here is under my control. Now, now, this is not a man who is raising himself up. This is not a man who who is saying, you know, I'll fast, I'll pray, and I'll get to this level. No, this is what God ordained for him. There's a promise ordained for every one of us. You might need it to pray for a sick child. You might need it to cast the devil out of somebody. You might need to engage for a lost loved one. But what you need is the power and the anointing and the ability to control yourself until the time that God would desire to use you. He says, that's right. The Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who knew that everyone was under his control. The kingdom of Satan. They knew this was different. He says, the Holy Spirit is here. The anointing. It doesn't make me jump up and scream. He said, that's the blessings of the Lord. Oh, I love to jump up and scream. Hey, I've seen some of you jump up and scream. I've seen you jump up and scream playing Monopoly or whatever you play there. I've seen you jump up and scream when, when somebody slides down the, 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 the slide, the, you know, and, 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 and races somebody. I've seen you all scream. Now that's, that's the exhilaration of the physical. What about the soul? When it strikes, that, that's the realm of the physical. But what about the realm of the soul? When it strikes you, and you realize, I'm a part of God. I come from God. I'm going back to God. This life is not my final destination. Everything that's here is temporal. But what God has given me is eternal. He says... It doesn't make me jump up and scream. That's the blessings of the Lord. He says a lot of the times you Pentecostal people gets fooled by that. Jesus had the greatest anointing. And he says we just read the scripture. What did he do? He read the scripture. Precious words came from his mouth. The greatest anointing that was ever anointed because the scripture said I put my spirit on him to show judgment to heal the sick. Wow. Wow. I I trust we can see what anointing is. There's there's a difference between blessings and anointing. There's a difference between the power of God. Listen, I, I know we're living in the age when the spoken word, but that will only follow the anointing. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them. If you're chasing those things, you're you're setting yourself up for the wrong thing. It has to start from within. Now, I, I'm okay. I need. I need. To, I think we're doing okay. We're gonna do okay. We're gonna close by one. Is that all right? It's not often I can say that, but today I can say that. So, Brother Roundham says this, and this is in 1959 now, and it's called My New Ministry. And he saw, he talks about the greatest anointing that he ever felt. He said, I've been in in South Africa where 30,000 raw heathens were saved at one time. I thought that was the greatest anointing. But he said, it never compared to anything like what happened at George Wright's the other day. I never felt anything like that. The whole room seemed to be a light of the glory of God. Now he's talking about Hattie Wright here. Sister Hattie's very quiet, a pious little woman, never raises her voice about anything. But you could have heard her scream a city block from where the Holy Spirit struck that building. He said, everybody there felt it. It was wonderful. We may live a long time, but Sister Hattie, as long as there's a memory, memory in our mind, we'll remember that Sister right. Now, What brought that anointing down? Was that Brother Branham who who wanted to show something? No, this was a little woman. Now, he's, he's speaking this in a message, New Ministry. This was a little poor widow woman who was simple, serving God. And all she did was agree with the word. All she did was just say, that's nothing but the truth, and her agreement with the word sent something down to her that was beyond anything that had ever happened to any person. Now listen how Brother Branham said it: As long as there's a heaven, when the stars is gone, there's no more moon, no more earth, no more sea. Them boys shall live on through eternity with the same Jehovah Jireh. What did she ask for? She asked for the lives of her sons, that they would be saved. That's what she asked for. (coughs) And he says, when that anointing struck, it said, ask what you will. And Brother Man would say, I have a perfect assurance that when it strikes, whatever God puts forth to be asked. For if you say to this mountain, now there's a principle here that isn't just for Sister Hattie, it's for every one of us. He said, see, it isn't just you speaking. Now, I, I need to really bring this to, to a way. You know, in, in, in perfect faith, Brother Bannon would talk about how in order for the world to get into the anointing of the last days, to get into the spirit of tribulation, to get into the spirit of destruction, they, they, they've got to get into the spirit. And he says he would they would start by taking a little... Uh, song and sing a song and and it would get people going and he says, an atmosphere brought them into that place and he says, before you know it there's a he called it a big boogie- woogie and things like that. It, you can read it in wisdom versus faith I've got quotes, but I'm, I'm not going to take time with them, but it was an atmosphere that was needed. The Holy Spirit like, you know and just just to show you this, you might be saved, you might have the Holy Ghost. But Brother Branham actually goes a step further. He says, the Holy Ghost feeds only on the Word. Now, it, you can enjoy music and you can enjoy, you know, things. But the Holy Ghost is, is you. It's the real you. It's your theophany. So you've got to create an atmosphere. And what Sister Hattie... So the atmosphere we create is it brings God close to us or away from us. Listen, I, I, I don't have to tell you. You all know, I know where my weakness is. You know where your weakness is. You know what stops up the blessings. You know what clogs up the blessings from coming your way. What, what causes the Holy Spirit to be grieved. You, you know what it is. But if you can get that out of the way, then God can come by and he can use you and he can He can say, you know, I need something done. I, I need somebody to speak to that person in the street. Uh, let me go to, to brother so-and-so or sister. Oh, they're, they're tied up with this. They're tied up with that. I can't even use them. I, I have to search for somebody else. Don't you want to be available for God? Don't you want to, you know, and, and, and Brother Adam would talk about in, in the Bible how those Those apostles, God didn't even have to tell them what to do. They lived so close to God, they got the unction, and they began to move in that general direction. Are you all here this morning? (coughs) Now he says, I'm looking forward to the upcoming meetings. Now, when the anointing strikes, and it said, ask what you will. I have a perfect assurance when it strikes, Whatever God puts to be asked, it'll be exactly that way. For it isn't you speaking, it's God so submitted to God. The prophets of old, they saw the coming of the Lord. They were so in the spirit, they spoke as it was themselves. David was crying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? That wasn't David, that was the spirit of Christ in David. Oh, praise God, Moving his church into the fullness of his power, moving among the people. Now, so so there's there's this place we can dwell in. Now, I, I'm not going to have time to go into all the digra- diagrams, and you know it. But our, our our temple, our body, is three realms. We know that that there's a physical realm, there's a spirit realm, and there's a soul realm. And you can be anointed in the physical. And Brother Bannon would take the anti-anointing, he says, somebody that was anointed by the devil, he says, they'll get three or four times stronger, or stronger yet. But you can be anointed. Now, that hasn't been redeemed yet, and you can get an anointing, but that's not where your power comes from. It's not the power to put your tie on right, or your dress, or do all the comb your hair right. That isn't what it's about, but it starts on the inside. And then the greatest part of our battle is in that spirit realm. And, you know, we, we could take a lot of time with that. And, and, we, and the brothers have. And, 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 and they would, would, would do the, would, would, we've, we've taken that in, in different realms. But Brother Man would speak in the message of know it not. And he really breaks it down. And it's a wonderful message to listen to. But he says, did you hear my sermon on the anointed ones in the last days? I think you did. They're anointed. Their spirits are anointed in this second realm. Now, he would talk about a woman, and you know he would take these two women. The one was, uh, lived, lived an adulterous life, and the other one went to church. But she lived also an adult with an adulterous spirit. And he says, one was naked and blind and didn't even know it. And, and, and he, would, he would begin to talk it. And, and, and he says, their spirits are anointed in this second realm. And he says... Those five senses, that the five to the man, but then the five senses that are there, so which is imagination and 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 reasoning and 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 he would just go go through them all. And he says, But but that's not where the anointing lies. Listen, if I if I can bring it to the way Brother Branham brought it, he would just say, There's an anointing that struck the earth in this day. And he's talking about where he goes to Jack Moore's church in Louisiana, Life Tabernacle, one of the churches that he had liberty to preach. And he says, do they even know the sign and the time they're living in? He says, the outstanding paper that they have, Brother and Sister Moore, the Herald of His Coming. He says, they, they pray. They, they, they print, fast, pray, fast, pray, fast, pray. We have a great breaking of the day. Something's going to happen. It's too late. He says, why do they do that? See, it's never struck the realm that it needs to struck yet. They're crying, believing, but they have not recognized the awakening of the bride. Oh, by Christians, they feel the pull of the hour, but they can't recognize what's being done. You know there's people that we come in contact with? They love the lives we live. There's something about us and they go, I admire that, but yet they themselves can't get there because they're not anointed for that. But I'm saying if we're anointed for that realm, oh, I, I, I don't need to go through. But in the in the outer court, it was the weather changing. It was subject to all kinds of things. There, you know, and, and it was there were so many variables. It was up and it was down. But you go into the inner court. And in there, there was the show bread. And and, and there was a light that was there. The candles that were lit. There was the altar of incense. All of these things were there. But still, it wasn't it. Because the light could fail. The bread could run. But when you went into that inner court, when you went into that anointing, there you had Shekinah bread. There you had resurrection power. There you had everything you need. It wasn't... And listen, once you went in there... It wasn't to go out and come in and go out and come in. But it was to live there. That's where God wants us to live. Not just in an outer court. Not just in, I'll tell you what, when you live in that court, you have dominion over the other ones. Amen. <coughs> That's where the devil doesn't know what to do with you. There you could eat from the manna. The manna that in the Old Testament only lasted for a day. But in that presence, under that anointing, that golden pot, you could eat the same manna. And you could eat it day in and day out. I'll tell you what. The message to me, it lives. It breathes. It sustains me. I catch things out of it daily. I get worried when I don't see any energy, when there's no overcoming power. Listen, we ought to live and we can live. It's not something you have to climb to. It's been open to us. You've been called to it. The devil that you can have victory over on Sunday and dance and shout, If he comes home with you and sits down and flops down on your couch with you on Monday and allows you to do anything, I'll tell you what, that's not victory. But I believe, friends, as we're feeding on this, that it it governs our thinking, it governs our thoughts, there's an anointing, there's a realm that goes in. And I'll (laughs) tell you what, as I read the, the quote earlier, you know, there's coming a time when when Canada and, and the U.S. are twins, but there's coming a time when all these things are going to come against us. I, I was, I, I, sometimes I'm, you know, just, I like to go and look at a nature show or something, and I was watching, they had these, I don't know if they were seals or otters or whatever they were, and, and the creature has been in, brought in such a way, God ordained the creature Their main feeding ground is 800 feet below the surface of the water. Now there's no way you or I could descend down there, but they can descend down there. They have the ability to compress their bodies, change the shape of their bodies, allow oxygen to decompress, and they can go down there, and they can be down there for, for I don't know how many minutes it was, but it was God-given. Friends, we have been put in Laodicea, the darkest age that ever was. But under this message, under this anointing, you have an ability to walk in light while there's darkness all around you. You have an ability to be sustained while it's all around you. Yeah. Brother John, I, I, I listened into the young people's service and, and, and I, I've, I've, I've taken this quote and he just reminded me of it again. But Brother Adam would talk about it in the restoration of the bride tree. And he talks about the law of life. And he says a fish has a law. And he says the law is that he can sink to the bottom of the sea and it doesn't cause him to break one cell. That law is not in me or you. Now you may think you swim like a rock. But you couldn't go all the way down like that fish can. He said he deflates himself with air because there's nothing in To burst him open. He's made that way. And he can enforce that law and the law of the spirit of life in the believer. Friends, you can, you can live in the darkest place in the worst age, but the law of life that was in Christ, that dwells in every believer that believes in Him, means you can be an overcomer. It means that you have the ability to be able to walk with joy. And, and I'll tell you what, we're walking almost on the ashes of the wicked. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We are living in it where there's death all around us. But resurrection life is in here. And it will take a hold of us. That law is in Christ. You can bury them in the deepest grave. The lowest hell. <coughs> I was watching these birds. I think they're called gannets. And they're somewhere off a, an island in South Africa somewhere. But it's uh, There's a... Uh, both parents are, are feeding the young. But they fly up to three hours, 70 kilometers, miles, I don't know what it was, to get where they can catch. And They look for these sardine schools and, and they, they dive from 100 feet and they dive. To hit the water they would e- explode. But their body at the last minute just compresses into, God put that in them They dive, they get their food, they come up, and they fly all the way back to feed their young. It looks like impossible conditions. And yet God put that in an animal. God put that in a fish. God put that in you and I. In impossible conditions. The law of life supersedes anything that's around us. A bird has a law. It's it's earthbound. The way it spreads its wings, it can it can fly, but you know, etc. etc. Oh, he says, I'm beginning to feel religious. He says, You are made, you are born, you're placed in the body of Christ. You don't have to knuckle down to the devil. We got a law of the Holy Spirit, he says. He says, the only thing I know is let go and let God. The bird doesn't say, I'll see how fast I can run. And maybe I'll take off. No, he'd fall down. The fish doesn't take in. No, he just has the ability to go down. The believer just feeds on the word, prays, stays in communion, and survives. And not only that, but is made perfect in the eyes of God. That law of life is in you. Oh, do you believe that? Hallelujah. Let me, let me take this for a moment because Brother Branham would talk, and I, I want to just take this about atmospheres, and, and, and Brother Branham would talk about how there has to be an atmosphere. And, and he's speaking, this is in the message, the supernatural. I was just listening to it the other night, and it was so many good things he says about atmosphere in 1956. This is just shortly after he spoke on why are people so tossed. Sometimes a divine life that's been called out is considered a neurotic. Because you have changed your dwelling place and you get into a different atmosphere. Your own motive, your own thoughts is to stay in that atmosphere. I, I, don't have, you don't have to raise your hands, but i ask the question. Have you ever done anything that grieved God and you feel like he's a million miles from you? And you get up and you can hardly pray and you don't know how you can face the day? I'll tell you what, I don't like to live like that. And I'll say... You learn after a while, no, that thing that caused that, that's harmful. I don't want that. But I want to walk with him and live with him. I want to stay in this dwelling place. You know, and he says, now, you come into your own atmosphere he says that's the way I believe our churches ought to be under control. Friends, I I don't I I feel like we can create the atmosphere that God can be pleased to come to. We can we can say amen to the word. We can pray to the word. We can ask God to do things. We don't have to just come here and fill in time, but we can ask God all things are possible. Lord, deal with people, change situations, heal people, fill with the Holy Ghost, deliver people. He said, sometimes our atmosphere becomes an emotion instead of a worship. That dies out and members become one thing or another. But if I can ever, he says, if we can ever get a group of people together where there's a genuine Holy Spirit, a sacredness, a sincerity, and a worship, and men and women sitting in their God conscious, and a great omnipotence of God is present, ready to do all things without a shadow of a doubt, it'll even have an effect of the unbelievers that's sitting there. Oh, the other day, it was kind of cold, so my wife and I went for a walk, and we didn't, determined we weren't going to walk outside, it was dark, it was cold, so we walked through the mall, and, uh, and it was after hours, which was good, there were still a few people, and there was still some music, and uh, you're walking through it, and you hear those things, and I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to be here, you know, you can put in those earbuds, and you can create your own atmosphere, and all of that disappears. Now, unfortunately, you can't walk around with blindfold. It's enough that you've got part of your face covered. But, but I'll tell you what. We don't have to live with those things. You know what? When we're so caught up, you know, I, 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 I know the election is much on everybody's mind. Oh, I hope so-and-so gets in. I hope so-and-so. I think we need to pray as Brother Branham prayed. Lord, your will be done. Uh, there's, listen, I don't believe that you can say any man is clear favorite or anything like that, or you know. And then you can have your own personal opinions or whatever you want. But I say, Lord, there's one King, one sovereign, one kingdom. That's what I want to see. And whatever it takes for that to come about, you know, you can get so consumed and watch every talk show and watch everything, and you can analyze it. And I think it's going to work out. Listen, you can just pray in your closet and say, Lord, Your will be done. I don't want to get caught up in those things. I want to walk with the king. I want, to, I, want to, I want to know that whatever happens, I'm with him. And he's with me. And that wherever I go, it's going to be okay because he's there. I don't have to try and, to create an atmosphere. The atmosphere goes with me. I am the atmosphere. I am the resurrection. I am the life. It lives in me. He lives in me. That's our habitation. That's our, that's our realm listen I, I, I let me let, let me I'm not going to be able to finish this properly <coughs> it was in May 18th' the day I was born actually but it was many years later I think it was 1983 Mount Saint Helen's the top blew off the mountain and it was ash went over I, I remember it was it it, it just I remember hear, hearing about an ash went over. It was, it was an ash that went air, air, They actually had to divert air travel around it. They actually made announcements to cars, uh, to people driving cars. Don't start your car without checking your filter because this ash is so fine you can't even see it. And, and everything from lawnmowers and, and people wrecked engines and, and, and things during that time because they didn't heed the warning. And, and, it was, and, it, and it was like, it, it, it was an atmosphere that was created, and, and you could hardly go through it. Now, let, let, me, let me just take a scripture, Isaiah chapter 5 for a moment. Just hear me where I'm going with this. Isaiah chapter 5. And this is in, let's just start it in uh, verse 11. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning that they may follow us trying to drink. They continue till night, till wine inflame them, the harp, the vial, the tabret, the w- the pipe, the wine, and their feast, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of His hands. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge, their honorable men are famished, and their multitudes are dried up with thirst. He makes this statement, Isaiah does, therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoices shall descend into it. The lid of Mount St. Helens blew off. But I'm going to tell you about another lid. The lid of hell has blown off. And, and the atmosphere that was back then, which, which you, it was a misty, gloomy... I'll tell you what, the world we live in is misty, gloomy. Uh, you know, it, it exists in a physical realm with the virus. You can't see it. But I'll say greater than that is all the fear that's associated with it. Greater than that is all the sin that is on the hearts and on the minds of the people. Don't go into this world without having your own atmosphere. Don't go into this without being having a filter that will protect you from this. And there's only one filter. And it's under this word. Now, I'm, I'm just going to jump over to Revelation chapter 9 real quick. I just wanted to make this point. But this is the fifth trumpet. And, 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 you know, I know we know the trumpets are to the Jews, but there's a precursor in all of these things as it's moving up to a season. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven. Now, a star is a shining light. This star did not descend. He fell. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Any idea who it is? Yeah. The Teufel. Giko. Satan. And he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. I'll tell you what, friends, if we could look into the spiritual dimension, even under the sixth trumpet, there was 200,000, demons that were released. That's what you're fighting against. That's what's in the spiritual air around you. You and I don't have the strength to overcome it, but God does. The Holy Spirit does. You need to be anointed. And I'll tell you what, it's not going to be a denominational anointing that's going to get you by. I'll tell you what, you want to look how far denominations have fallen, you go and look at how they're dressed, how their hair is, the women, you look at the songs they sing, the the things that go attached, there is no holiness in that. And I'm not saying there isn't sincere people, but I'll say that life has left. It's been contaminated. Now, that's in just a few years. America, 1956, turned it down. The nation is gone. The church world turned it down in 63. And you look at where they're at. And I'll say, the anointing that's left, and I'll say there's a deception with the other anointing. I watched a 16-minute clip, and it was a cardinal out of the Roman Catholic Church Warning Donald Trump in an open letter about the great economic reset and how the agenda of the Democrats and all of this, and, says, and only we, the Catholic Church, have the answer, etc., etc. I'll tell you what, there was a deception on both sides. I'll say this, where would you and I be if God, not just our intellect, but if it hadn't become a part of the fabric of our life? Hey, listen, I, Brother Barry Coffey he was, he was raised Catholic, and he traveled the world. He was a hippie. He, he went different places, and he said he went all the way to the Vatican. He got an audience with the Pope, and he, and he says, it, it, it was, he said, if my mother could see me, if my family could see me, this is the greatest moment of my life. He walked in there, and he left, and he couldn't remember a thing. But... He said he was in an apartment and somebody was playing something next door and he went into the apartment and says, what are you playing? And he heard for the first time the voice of William Branham. And he said, that never left him. That anointing stayed with him. Friends, there's an anointing that's with this word. And I say, stay under it. Don't take a denominational anointing. Why do they Say those things. They feel the pull of the hour, but they don't fully come to it. Brother Bannon would talk about it. He would he would actually go into it a little bit further, and he would just he would just say, recognizing your day in this message. Listen, I'm I, I'm just about one o'clock, so just just bear with me. National force put Israel in their homeland. External forces. National force will put the church in the world council of churches. There's not going to be any sustaining power to stop them from doing it. There's an image coming to the beast. National force puts Israel. National force put the church. But the power of God will put the people in the bride. He says, the world forces this way, the world that way, but God forces upward. The Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, my Word is Spirit and life, will put the bride in her place. She'll recognize her position in the Word. She's in Christ. National force will not do it. And he says, national forces of the Council of Churches will drive every organization, but the power of God will raise the bride into glory. As all the props are kicked away, as the shuck pulls away, As the seed comes to the seed. And it's fullness again. That's got to come that way. And I'll say this. Then you'll see things happen. But I'll say don't wait till then. You've got to be under that anointing now. And I'll say this. It's not a Wednesday to Sunday thing. Or a Sunday to Sunday. It's an everyday life. Let Don't just look for the power of God. Just look to walk with God. Stay simple. Stay humble. Be a real husband. I'll tell you what. Sometimes people are looking for great things, but they can't even fulfill their role as a husband. They can't even fulfill their role as a wife. They won't submit. They won't govern properly. They don't govern their homes. I I, I, Listen, I'm just saying, there's a burden on my heart to do something for families. And relationships. So Lord willing we're going to do that here in the next short while. But I'll just say it. That's living humble. That's living simple. Don't think for a moment you can just do whatever and say whatever. And expect to just go in the rapture. You're deceived. You're deceived. If you're not living it. If you're not there daily. And I'm sorry to end end it on that kind of a tone. I'm not finished. I'll turn it around yet. Just bear with me how many are happy to be under this anointed word there's nothing that has struck the earth like it brother Branham would talk about it and he would say i i i i i talked about this smoke coming out of the... of the." pit, and this locusts that are coming out of the air, you can read this whole thing You know, out of this smoke came locusts, out of this locust there was, there was demons that came and they took on hideous shapes and, and they had a king over them, verse 11, who in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon in the Greek tongue, his name is Apollon, if I could take the time on that and I could show you that is nothing less than the, the devil himself, he is Satan, and he is the king of Satan's Eden here One woe was past. One woe is the second, first world war. The second world war is the second woe. The third is coming. Oh, my love and brother, when the world's on fire. Listen, if I can encourage you, there are realms of anointings. I'll say this the political leaders, they're anointed. Fashion designers, they're anointed. Don't fall on that side of the anointing. I'll say this the church is anointed. And the bride is anointed. I was someone the other day, and they told me a story of a young man who's very zealous. Find out now he's living in a world desiring to marry a non-Christian. Oh, friends, it's too late for that. Don't don't go down that path. Stay with the simple gospel. Listen, (coughs) I'll, I'll finish it this way. Brother Branham would talk about, remember, time is moving on. We won't have this privilege long. Either the law will stop us or Satan will try to get among you and scatter you. Something will take place. Let's appreciate every minute that we're together. He would say it that way. And he says, this atmosphere... He says, you can be a neurotic and an insane person, but stay in that atmosphere. This is in the supernatural message. And now he would say it this way. Every born-again person climbs into these atmospheres and stratospheres. Now he's making a difference. You know, you can take the earth and you can say, you know, there's a habitable zone that we live in, but, you know, you go up to Mexico City, it's higher, the air is thinner. You go up to Mount Everest, it's higher yet, it's thinner yet. You have to be conditioned to walk there. And I'll tell you what, it's getting the air, the invisible things around us. I'll say the filter that we're under, the atmosphere, he says... When we're packed into these stratospheres, God gives us an eye to see afar off. He gives us a foretaste that there's something greater. And it says, and I was just talking, and I, I, I was reading, you know, we come up to communion last week, and I was reading through the book of Mark, and I just spent for about three weeks just going through each scripture. It was such a blessing to me in the morning. I'd go through it, and then I came this last week into Mark 16, and on the first day, at the rising of the sun. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And and I I started listening to rising of the sun. But, But Brother Branham would just say, just think about it. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he says, when he conquered, you and I have conquered with him. He conquered the devil's trinity. Death, hell, and the grave. There's people that will be part of this message that will never taste death. There are people that will be transformed and translated. Brother Manning would say, when he did, he cut through the gloom. He says how oh, Jesus had to cut through the unbelief. He cut through it going down. He cut through it going up. And he says, and now the sun has risen. And it's shining on every seed. And that atmosphere is bringing forth. Oh, I, 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 Listen, let's have the musicians come. I don't want to belabor this anymore. But I'll just say, there's, there is, Brother Manning would say it. There is a man that can turn on the light. He says... He is walking among us today in the power of his resurrection. He knows what it takes to put a church in rapture order. He designed it. Just let the current flow, watch it operate. He says, He says, Man shall not live by, by bread alone, but by every word. And then he would just say in Rising the Sun, Oh, friends, we can't stop and just stand around here nursing on these things we used to. We've got to be full and prayed up with quickening power so we can be caught up. And he says, the church is going to be caught up one day. And I believe that we are going to be caught up. We are being caught up. There's a portion in the tape that I always, when I listen to Rising of the Sun, Brother Branham goes, and he says, oh, What a resurrection that was. What a resurrection this is. Oh, have you been quickened? Are you being quickened? Are you being resurrected? Let's stand together. This will be part of the resurrection when you stand together here. Are you here this morning? Listen, if there's an encouragement this morning, I'm just saying it this way. Stay under this anointing. I don't know what's going to come. But I know as long as I'm walking with him. And I say this. "Let Let me stay in a place where I feel that tug. And I know it's not me. But it's him. You don't have to work yourself up to it. Supreme anointing. Character. In full control. Walking with him. And he speaks... And I speak. Why don't we sing, I, I feel the pull. There's, there is, there's a place where you can know, you can actually know, I feel his pleasure. I feel like I'm walking in his perfect will. I, I, I feel it's there for all of us. It isn't just meant for Brother Branham, Sister Hattie, it's for every one of us. Sister Hattie, just, made a statement. And and she made that statement, just think about it. God willing, willing to include her, He gives her the quickening power and, and her desire for her family. Is that just some dream? No. That's for us. That's for you and I. Let's sing this. I
1: feel the pain <coughs> God.
0: the atmosphere where that can all change. Many years ago, I think it was in 1985, I was working out in eastern Canada and I took a trip and I went south and I went through Jeffersonville. And I met a brother there the tabernacle. He came off the streets. He had lived a life as a wayward, homeless man and God dealt with him and saved him from a life of drugs and drinking And, and he made no qualms about it. He had many battles. And he says, Brother Ed, he said, there's times I really get tempted to go back to that. And I pray, I said, Lord, give me something that will remind me. And he says, Lord, I I don't even feel like serving you. He says, but Lord, why don't you create a feeling in me so that I feel like serving you? Give me a little nudge. Give me a little something. And he he would always turn around instead of the devil giving him something. He says, Lord, give me something that leads me in this direction. And he says, and if I don't feel like I feel like serving you, then Lord, give me a feeling that I can feel like like I feel like I want to serve you. He he just kept turning around. That's an overcomer. Do you ever feel like stale? You know what you need to do? Just get into the Shekinah. I I found sometimes in the morning I like to get up and pray. There's times I just don't got it. You know what I do? I open the Bible. Because Jesus said, My words, they are spirit and they are life. And I start to read the word a little bit. And all of a sudden, i got to pray about this. Or I'll put on a tape. And as I'm listening to the tape, wow, that's good. I I think Brother Moses was just speaking about that. Man, that's you, Lord. You know what? I I feel like we can live in that circle. We can live in that realm. So many things. But when you can shut all of that out. Oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? Set your wings to the mm-hmm. wings of faith. Sing, let's sing verse first one. Two
1: but you <laughs> may take one by side and one by.
0: It can fly higher. I remember when Brother Duane was here. And he spoke on that crow that would come to the eagle. The eagle doesn't try to fight with that crow. He just starts flying higher. And that crow can't take it. And that crow is that old devil. And all you need to do is fly higher. Set your wings. Every day the eagle... He'll, he'll take time, what they call preening his wings. He blows and secretes some moisture through his feathers because he's got to fly high. So there's something that the eagle does, something we got to do. Listen, I know this isn't rah, rah, shout, shout, but i would say this, we're under an anointing. There's a place, there's an anointing. It's a secret place, but it's for us. Brother Thomas, I'm going to ask you to come and close in prayer. Let's sing this next verse as our brother
1: comes. Watch the eagle in the sky. He does not struggle. He does